Hey, everybody. Welcome to Investing in Cannabis. I'm Brandon David. Excited uh, for today's episode, a real staple of the industry, Marion, the CEO of Simplifya. If you don't know what Simplifya is, it's an awesome platform that takes all the regulations from all the states in the U.S. You know, they're really different and splintered and difficult to understand and puts them into one compliance platform that you can search and learn from. It gets updated. A lot of back-end work goes into it. Look, in his own words, it's not a sexy business, but so necessary as this industry has grown. Um, and a couple of things we talked about may surprise you. He he focuses much more on churn and, and retaining customers than he does sort of the top line and revenue, which maybe is a little different for from some companies. Um, Marion is awesome. We had a really good time. He's an active angel investor, both in technology and cannabis. So lots to talk about. Uh, apologies for the background noise in a couple places. We were in a restaurant, so couldn't really really help it. But uh, it's a great episode, guys. I learned a ton. You're going to learn a ton. Tune in, listen up, get acquainted. If you listen to the show every week, thank you. And I want to hear from you. Uh, do me a favor, write us a review, Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to it, and tell me something you learned or something funny, whatever. It really does help the show. Write us a review, please. Thanks for doing that, guys. Mary, it's so nice to meet you, man. Likewise, uh, dude. At the London Seriously. over here in Beverly Hills. <laughs> How you doing? Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Brandon. Doing well. Just, uh, you know, another crazy day in paradise. Another crazy day. <laughs> Love that. Um, let's start you on an easy one. What's Simplify? Simplify. The, so we are now the leading regulatory and operational compliance company. Uh, we've been around for five years. Uh, you know, it's the, it's the company that's like the least sexiest in the industry. We like to joke, but it's, it's a necessity, Yep. right? Um, we ensure that operators that, uh, you know, have licenses, which is their most valuable asset, now, <laughs> now uh, you know, have a way to make sure that they're staying compliant to state and local regs. And we try and do this through a very, you know, cost-efficient product that helps them streamline and stay on top of all these things. And that's where we started. Um, Simplify now, we just closed our first government uh, partners, so f I think 47 municipalities here in California. Uh, our technology is being used to actually Congratulations. Enforce. Thanks, man. That's amazing. Super exciting. Yeah. It's first of, I think, a lot more that's going to come. We've also now got products for uh, ancillary companies that support the operators. So we've got insurance uh, clients of ours that are now clients as well. And then uh, we've got a product now for investors and banks and I mean you name it just anyone that's playing in the space all while staying true to our core competency of compliance mm -hmm. so we ingest A to Z all the regulations state and local right and so far we've ingested over 15 million uh, words of regulations and that database continues to grow as everything changes we're real time making the changes and yeah so 15 million dollars and five years later here we are growing at a massively quick pace very very cool give us yeah. a sense of the scale of the business today however you want to do that yeah so in terms of scale um you know our client list contains some of the largest mso's um, all the way down to single license operators uh, we're in 23 states at the moment um, again we have a new product that's coming out called Simplify Market Guide, and that's a summary of all the state regs. That's all 50 states, even the ones that don't have uh, legalization, but we're monitoring how it's moving. Mm -hmm. But the core product, which is the audit tool, SOP stuff, 
all that is in 23 states because again the level of work that goes on behind the scenes so slow to expand because as we add new states we have to maintain and monitor that right real time mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of where we're at and you know we've obviously kept a good close eye on international markets there there's been requests from you know foreign countries saying hey when you guys coming in it'll help with our uh, you know kind of maintenance of our operators and just haven't gotten there yet and what does a deal like that with the government look like? Uh, obviously, there's not a lot of precedent for it, yeah. right? How does that come together? Yeah. So I think for a lot of, are you talking about international places? Or, Either. Or, or yeah. even domestically. So uh, it, it's a private group that actually, for say, for example, municipalities in California that don't have the dollars or the resources to have their own enforcement team, they actually kind of outsource that to you know, private companies that go and do the enforcement on their behalf. And this particular group, I can't mention them yet, but it will come out in January, probably February. Um, they do work for 41 some municipalities uh, on the enforcement side. And so, but they've been running around with paper and clipboard and the regulations from each municipality trying to piece it all together. And now all of a sudden they've got a tablet, mobile app, web app, and they can go in, you know, few clicks here and there and the nice thing about this Brandon is that you know for so long there's been a gray area right where regulation comes out and we our regulatory affairs team will sometimes even call the the regulator and say hey this new regulation can you clarify this because there's a lot of great grayness to it and so we even go to that depth of like getting clarification but what happens is you know early on you would have, you know, call it a dispensary that's trying to stay within the boundaries of the regulations, but it's all about how it's being interpreted by whoever it is that's reading the regulation, then, you know, checking their facility. And then in walks, you know, an enforcement officer. He's got the regulation, but he's, or he or she is reading it in a different way, right? So there's a lot of gray area there that's left for interpretation. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I think simplify now with getting into the government side that's going to help is bridge that gap. Because now the operators are using our, our checklist, right, our uh, regulatory list, and so is the, the government side. Mm -hmm. No gray area anymore, right? So that I, I feel like it's something that's, that was really needed, and this is kind of our first step into that. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that our Reg Affairs team does do, they ingest all these regs. If you take California, state and local and as the name of the company implies that we actually simplify it down to a 12th grade reading level right because not everyone's a lawyer so you know legal lingo is just like foreign language to most people so it's it's you know the narrative is much simpler to read and and understand um so you started with compliance yeah. you're either coming out with or you have a lot of other parts to the suite here, yeah. uh, e-commerce, employee incentives, customer loyalty, I'm just reading your press yeah. release now, yeah. uh, and D2C <laughs> stuff, but, but take me through that. That's a lot of different stuff. I mean, how yeah. do you decide what to add on to the platform? Yeah, so you know, most of our compliance technology has been, you know, again, staying true to our competency, but um, we've had the opportunity through a good friend of mine who, um, by the name of Jeff Katz, who founded Mercury Payment Systems, he and I started talking about, you know, a year ago, and he's like, hey, I really like the cannabis space. I've got all this assets and experience in payments. You think we could do something? And he's like, I want to do it on the back of the compliance company. Because, you know, there's, as you know, there's a lot of 
you know, gray areas with, you know, payments and all these things that go on in this industry. And he's like, if there's, if you're the compliance company and we come in and do everything correctly from a compliance and diligence perspective and offer a solution, not only payments and commerce and loyalty, um, he's like, I think this is gonna be really fun to do. And so, you know, we, I took it to the board, had a great discussion around that. And here we are, it's called Tender. And uh, it's not to be confused with Tinder. Yeah, <laughs> yes, T-E-N-D-R. Yes, exactly. And uh, so, you know, we've got all the diligence side of that done, the underwriting, even the onboarding, because compliance has to be a very major focus for us. So it's taken us about six to eight months just to get through all that, even with, you know, Simplify is really a rec tech company, right? So it's a lot of lawyers and policy people and then a bunch of engineers. So with the massive staff, we just, you know, pick through every little piece and making sure that uh, we're not going to do anything incorrectly. And every state's different, right? So. so in some of these categories, there is a lot of competition. Yes. And some people that have raised a lot of money, right? Yes. Yes. Um, are you thinking that you've done it better than they have? Or people want one suite? They want all the same platform? What's the strategy yeah. like there? So, you know, it would be really naive and arrogant for me to say we've done it better than anyone else. And so I, I won't say that because I think there's a lot of smart people out there and, and great companies. I think um, the difference here is um, really coming down to the compliance piece, right? You add a guy like Jeff and Ron, who's a technology partner of Jeff's. These, you know, I think Mercury Payments sold for a few billion back in 10 years ago. So they've got the experience in payments and commerce and loyalty. We've got the experience in, in compliance. And when you marry that together, you know, and when we go to our partners or our clients, it's like, hey, you're already happy with what Simplify offers for you. If you are you know, questioning if everything that you're doing from a payments and commerce, like if there's anything where you feel like you're not, something's not right or completely you know, up to par, take a look at our solution because, you know, we're going to basically give it away. Um, yeah, take me through the pricing model. That's always a hard thing to do in software. Yeah, so, you know, with, with the compliance business, the core product is $289 a month per location. Mm -hmm. uh, a simplified market guide is $1,600 a month. Um, so it's just all 50 states. Um, Simplify verified the license verification piece. We have a Google S type of search engine that you can search and that's $1,000 a month, unlimited searches. And then license monitoring on a monthly basis for like insurance companies, um, that's $10 per license that we charge. And on the payment side, it's uh, just transactional, you know, it's percentages that um, Jeff can talk about, I'm not gonna, <laughs> it's area outside of my. And some of the other stuff that's included in the platform, like, you know, e-commerce, when you say e-commerce, like expand on that, what does that mean? Yeah, so the technology we actually have is um, very much like the Starbucks experience. Um, and so, you know, say if you're a dispensary and you, you know, people are coming in, buying online and ordering online, we actually will, you know, white label this commerce experience, you know, if you're, call it native roots, it's going to be native roots. You have no idea that you know, it's a whole different mm -hmm. engine behind it. Uh, and we actually give that entire solution away for free. Because mm -hmm. uh, what we're trying to do is just a transactional part, right? Mm -hmm. And then the customer retention and the remarketing, all that's built into that, that commerce uh, platform. Got it. Yeah. And you have some 
agency partner that's doing sort of the back end for that marketing? Um, so that's Simplifier, right? Because again, I've got that dev shop yeah. as well. So yeah. we've made a lot of different companies that you know we're involved in, and so. Yeah. Good stuff, man. You got yeah. your hands in everything. Yeah, I, yeah. I love that. Um, <laughs> what's the sort of like KPI that keeps you up at night? Or like, what do you read in the like? What's the first thing you check in the morning? You know, um, one thing we've really focused on a lot is churn. Um, you know, when we, because I'll tell you, Brandon, the first three years of Simplify was literally building the platform, the compliance platform. It wasn't, you know, and not to pick on like POS or other uh, areas of the industry, but at least POS, you can go and say, I'm going to take a restaurant POS and try and customize every cannabis. With doing what we do, it literally had to be built from ground up. And it took us about three years of just trial and error, great partners, you know, that were giving us input. And so when we first launched, you know, the product, you know, kind of as a beta, uh, three years ago even, there's a lot of bugs in it, you know, to be quite honest. And so we had a lot of churn at that time, and now we're down to, you know, 1%. And so that's the thing that I look at the most. All of 2021, we've been watching that, and it's been historical low for us. And because, you know, onboarding and clients and locations, that's happening in a, in a really good pace where it's like the hockey stick. Mm -hmm. But if you're churning people out, then, you know, growth all of a sudden doesn't seem to matter, right? Mm -hmm. And so we've, we've put a lot of energy and focus into managing the churn, but also just improving the product and the experience in it. And so I feel really good where we are right now mm -hmm. just because everything is going so well. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so that's what usually I wake up wondering about. But, um, you know, and at this point we've got some of the, the biggest MSOs as clients. And mm -hmm. so now as they continue to acquire and grow, we want the product to evolve. So we're constantly asking like, hey, where can we, you know, tweak our product to help, you know, your lives easier? And, and we've got great partners that give us this feedback. And so, you know, you can't stop innovating, right? And so it's a constant innovation thing. And this year we've got so many private equity companies that are non-cannabis that have approached us. And I'm honestly, Brandon, like more than I ever thought. And some of the biggest, right? Really. Yeah, and so but, are the prices going up? Is that yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much, and no, it's exciting, right? And yeah, we're we're just not ready because you know I, I think we've got at least another two years, and especially with tender, like I want to get that payments and commerce thing also embedded in mm -hmm. into the ecosystem, and you know, but uh, right now feels pretty good. Good. Yeah. Um, so in that first three years, you were self-funded, or when did you decide to to take on some? Yeah, product? we've been very lucky, man. So. Uh, you know, the guys over at Vicente Cedarberg, the law firm, so the three partners and I were the first check writers. The concept came from Vicente Cedarberg. Um, you know, Merida Capital and, and Mitch Barukowitz. Mitch has yeah. been on the show. Yeah. yeah, Mitch is a great dude. So Merida has led uh, multiple rounds for us. Um, and so we were, we were very lucky, man. It's just, we have a very small cap table, um, you know, a couple of family offices, a couple of smaller funds, Silver, Silverleaf being one of them, Flatiron. And then it's been Merida and, and um, even myself, I've been participating in rounds. And That's awesome. So we've, uh, yeah, we've kept it pretty slim, but you know, now with this most recent round, we've raised 15 million. Mm -hmm. But for a company of five years old, 15 million, it's especially nothing. when you're seeing all the 
the amount of money these guys are raising right now. In the yeah, industry. but that's not always a good thing. Yeah. Right. Okay. I mean, when I see someone raise a hundred million dollars, I'm yeah. like, well, now they owe a hundred million dollars. You know, that, exactly. That's, that's a crazy yeah. number. So for us, it's been, a lot, you know, Simplify hasn't been probably the most talked about company, and it's kind of by design because we've really been wanting to be more behind the scenes up until this year, really. Um, we've been here and there, but uh, we really had a lot to work on to kind of adjust things. And to your point, you know, my philosophy always has been not to raise more money than you need. Because sure. you don't want to dilute the people that came in earlier on, right, that really believed in you and took the risk. And so we've been raising in a very mindful way. And, you know, um, and I think we probably are done raising. I mean, it, done. Yeah. Yeah. So, so wow. Un unless, you know, of course, we get a crazy hair and we want to go acquire a bunch of companies, which mm -hmm. we have looked at some, uh, you know, again, with Mitch and some of these family offices, they've been super supportive. They're like, we need access to cash. We got it. But I think we feel pretty confident where we are right now. I might change my tune, you know, by end of this year, just given if we want to go pretty strong in international markets mm -hmm. or like we want to get into some other areas of the industry. But for right now, I think okay. we'll be. So if not more capital, what's your biggest obstacle today? What's the biggest obstacle to grow? So I think it's, it's talent, right? Um, as the industry's gotten more sophisticated, more people have come in, um, you know, we're always looking for the right people. And, you know, it, it's, it's a challenge, right? Between overhead and the right people, you know, cutting costs. And so uh, I think resources are always a tough thing, but I think where we are now as a company, we've got the right folks and I don't anticipate adding much more unless we go international again. Cause mm -hmm. I think we have really fine tuned our model to where, you know, total with, with engineers, I think we're maybe around 50 people and now as a SaaS company, if you can scale this even more with that, and that's what we're fine tuning throughout this time, mm -hmm. I think we're there. Um, right. What's your main role in Simplify today? I mean, you're not raising any more money, right? <laughs> you built the I've company. I've worked myself out of a job. Well, I mean, not exactly, <laughs> but yeah, what do, what do you do every day? I mean, in yeah. Simplify, we'll talk about what else you do in a couple yeah. minutes. But, um, yeah. You know, for me, I've got a great management team and I just have a great team overall. Um, you know. I am still very involved in the innovation of products. I, I love like, let's figure out, you know, here's all this, you know, content we have. What can we create for even, you know, Hub International is our first insurance group company partner. And so I was talking to Jay, who's the chief people officer. And I'm just like, hey, we've got all this content. You guys are all about risk mitigation. What can we create here, right? So I'm still involved a lot in that, in the product side. Um, I spend a lot of my time even now with our investors like who have become friends and our board members trying to, you know, like, hey, here's what we're doing now. So I'm probably more in touch with folks than maybe the average mm -hmm. uh, CEO is. Mm -hmm. um, and then just really setting vision and, you know, dreaming for the company, right? Mm -hmm. It's, um, I'm just a firm believer that, you know, once you stop innovating or being excited, then kind of become stagnant. So mm -hmm. like, a big part of what I still try and do is like, you know, stir up a lot of chaos in the company. And so we have happy hours now, you know, we're back to meeting often together. And mm -hmm. I'm the one usually shoving too many drinks down people's throats, you know, yeah, <laughs> probably shouldn't say that, but, <laughs> you know, but it's just, you know, it's just a mixture of, you know, energy and excitement. And that's, I think what I really still bring to the company. 
So you brought up innovation. Yeah. Um, you've invested in a lot of different companies. I think you told me 20 plus or something yeah. that you've invested just in, in cannabis alone. Yeah. Do you think, we're, we're clearly in sort of an optimization and like actually trying to make money. Do you think, like sometimes I ask myself like, where has all the innovation gone? You know, yeah. like there isn't this exciting next wave, at least from the software side. Do you see yeah. that? Do you agree? You know, I think a lot of the innovation happens, unfortunately, kind of behind the scenes, right? Like with technology, I mean, cannabis is now years in, there's still a lot more room for improvement. But I think a lot of the innovation happens so much behind the scenes. I think like efficiencies, right? Even from delivery to like POS and all these integrations that have happened, you know? And, and so I think it's happening. We just don't see it as much because this is just my opinion, you know, even though the industry is evolving, a lot of like kind of the needed resources in terms of products and technology are here now, right? Yep. I mean, five, six years ago, it's just like, oh, oh my gosh, there's a massive gap here. We need, you know, we need to do this and that. And so a lot of the products are already here. And I think, you know, just like Simplifya, it's just the evolution and the, and the improvements are happening kind of behind the scenes. So unless you're using it on a day-to-day -day basis, mm -hmm. you don't see it as much. But like, you know, some of our Winback clients from three years ago that are now on our platform, they're like, oh my God, this is like night and day, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so it's happening. I think it's just, we don't see it as much, mm -hmm. but yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, you've invested across the space a lot. Yeah. Do you like operating or do you like investing more? It's, it's two different worlds, right? I think investing, um, so I'm on the board of a few companies like LeafWire, as you know. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it just depends. I, investing is exciting because you're kind of sitting at a high level and you're just like, ooh, you know, you can give ideas, you can spitball ideas. Whereas operating, you're literally in the trenches, right? And it's like people are going to be throwing ideas at you and you're like, okay, that might work, that doesn't. So it's two different ends, ends of the spectrum. Up until now, I will say, you know, I've enjoyed operating. I love building and running companies. But Simplify will most likely be my last uh, hurrah as, a, as an operator. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So I can finally say that because I, I think at this point I've been there, done it a few different times and been relatively successful at it. And I think Simplify, hopefully knock on wood, will be my my big uh, unicorn. And yeah. off I go after that. And would you like to have it be more organized, you know, would you like to invest other people's money? Up until this point, you've just been an angel. Correct? Yeah. 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 You know, I've, I've toyed around with, you know, people have approached me around putting a fund together. You know, I, I think I prefer just being an angel. I, I like being an advisor. You know, when I first started out, Brandon, I didn't, I didn't come from a line of entrepreneurs. So like I learned everything from reading and a lot of mistakes. And now when I have the time, I would love to be able to like share my experiences and knowledge with other entrepreneurs and help them hopefully like, you know, not waste as much time as I did. Right. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I think once these companies sell, that's that's my goal is to do um, some philanthropic work mm -hmm. around hungry children and, you know, advise companies and just be an investor mm -hmm. and maybe just travel around a little bit. Mm -hmm. yeah. That sounds fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if we zoom out and kind of look at cannabis yeah. more holistically, like eventually we will have federal legalization. Mm -hmm. Exactly when is unclear. Yeah. I'm sure you've prepared for this. What does that do to simplify it? How does that change your business? 
That's a great question, man. So, you know, unfortunately for um, the operators, I think federal legalization just brings another level, another level mm -hmm. of um, regulations, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, over time, I think a lot of the regulations that are varying in different states will get streamlined and I think it'll get much more efficient because I think regulators are doing their best. But um, for us, it, it, it really, I think it only makes our business that much stronger because, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. even right now there's OSHA and there's other kind of federal type of stuff that needs to be adhered to. Um, but, you know, so you'll have local, you'll have state and now you'll have federal when that happens. and so. I think, you know, it's just like, you know, end of prohibition, right? I mean, alcohol, 100 years later, you still have a lot of regulatory stuff that you have to, you know, adhere to. And so cannabis, same path. Mm -hmm. I just feel like, you know, these highly regulated type of areas, it's never going to go away. And mm -hmm. so Simplify, uh, you know, my sus you know suspicion is it'll continue to grow. And even at some point when we, you know, someone else acquires it, they're just going to, that was my next question. Yeah. You want to be a really big company? Is there a natural acquirer that you see? Yeah, so, you know, there's, like, as I mentioned earlier, like, there's a lot of private equity um, that's around, I think, uh, kind of a general compliance company, um, you know, that touches alcohol, tax, whatever, like, that's uh, certainly a potential suitor. I think it can come from many different areas. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and some of the conversations we've already had uh, come from a lot of these uh, similar type sure. of areas, but I think even it could be insurance, it could be, you know, because it's all about risk mitigation. I mean, who knows? But for mm -hmm. right now, you know, um, we'll just keep plugging away and, and see what it looks like in a few years. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, so. no, I think that makes good <laughs> sense. You have such a sort of like uh, wide-ranging knowledge of this industry because you work with so many different yeah. people in different places. I wonder just like a few topics that are, are topical in cannabis. Like the illicit market just continues to be a huge problem, uh, yeah. particularly in California and LA. Yeah. There's almost like this defense of that culture, of that legacy culture, even though yeah. it's not helping anybody in the industry today. Yeah. How do you feel about that, first of all, and then what do we do about it? Yeah, no, that, that's a that's a great question, man. I, I think you know, unfortunately, um, it's a thorn in the legal community side, right? I mean, I think it's really unfair because you have the people that are playing by the rules, they're paying all these taxes, and then you got the other side. And you know, I'm not picking on you know the illicit market, but. I think, Why not? See, that's the other thing yeah. is people say that they like say, yeah. but oh, I, I think yeah. it's, I think a lot of that's just because it's like, oh, they've been around this, is how they've done it. But, you know, times change. Right. And people have to evolve. And I think part of the problem, in my opinion, is there's not enough enforcement going on right now. Right. Yeah. And I think that has to do with budgetary dollars, not enough resources. So that has to pick up mm -hmm. for us to, you know, start moving that illicit side to the, the legal side. Mm -hmm. um, and so it is absolutely unfair. And I think, I do think here over time, because what I'm hearing from, you know, one of the government side is like they are trying to, you know, get some more funding and get some more resources. Because I'll tell you, it, it's going to happen. I think it's just slower than most people expected. Because it is absolutely unfair, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you can go down the street and pay less as a consumer, like, versus more. Uh, it's, not, it's, not, it's not a brainer, you know, it's like a no brainer there. And so, I think um, something has to give, and 
and I think the, the, the legal side of the world has to push for it more. You know, mm -hmm. And I know that they are, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's just Now on the government side, we're seeing why the, the lack of resources and the, and the, and the funds. Mm -hmm. so. so there's this narrative, particularly in California, yeah. that all the best brands are here. <laughs> and that all the MSOs don't know what they're doing. Right. And, right. That, you know, they've got these licenses, they've, they've got real, like, yeah. monopolies or whatever. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Are all these MSOs going to buy these brands, or are they dreaming? You know, I, I'm probably not equipped to answer that, but what I can <laughs> tell you is, you know, there's a lot of smart people and a lot of money out there in this industry now, and, you know, I focus a lot on what I do and obviously being a, even an investor, I'm just going to leave it to the smarter people like at the MSOs. Are they going to, so your question, are they going to buy the brands? It's a 50-50. Like I, you know, your guess is as good as mine. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but I think they do have a strategy. Like for example, like Jushi, uh, I know that team very well mm -hmm. and super smart guys and they've been executing on their strategy. now. As an investor in Jushi, I kind of have an idea as to what's going on. Mm -hmm. But others, I imagine, also probably have a similar strategy that mm -hmm. they're executing towards. Yep. I just don't have the insight into it, right? So sure. the speculation, yeah, there's a lot of talk. I just, I wish I could give you a great answer, man. It's I all good. You did. One. You gave a good answer. <laughs> Jushi's great. Trent was on the show a couple months ago. So. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're a smart team. They're, you know, and to me, it's like it's about executing, right? Uh -huh. It's just like you have a, everyone has a strategy. Some work, some don't, but you have to go and execute to figure it out, mm -hmm. right? So. Um, I want to shift a few questions about you, the yeah. the man behind the entrepreneur. You do so many things, like yeah. you're invested in all these companies. We're talking yeah. about this dating app that you're starting to to develop. Like, how do you balance all your time? How do you do that? <laughs> so I'm 46 now, and congratulations! Thanks, man. I made it to 46, right? I always say that because coming from Sri Lanka at the age of eight, mm -hmm. at the height of a civil war, and the, I, I'll get to the answer because I think this is why I am the way I am. Um, my my parents and my brother and I were lucky to get out, to be quite honest, right? I mean, there's people that just got killed during the civil war, and so that was kind of the baseline that I started off with, and. We landed in Kansas, and my parents went from having a very cushy, nice life in Sri Lanka to being laborers, and they worked six days a week, 15, 16, 17 hours a day. And the entire motive was to give my brother and I education, a better life. And so starting with that kind of baseline and thought process, you know, even when I went to college, you know, played sports, worked three jobs, went full-time, and still found time to party. So I, I just, I want a full life. Mm -hmm. And my whole thing now is just like, you know, throughout my 20s, 30s, it's, you gotta go get something if you want it. And mm -hmm. for me, it wasn't so much, I wanted money to be able to take care of my family, like my parents, get them to retirement. Now that I've got my own family, we want to make sure if I kick the bucket that they're going to be taken care of. Mm -hmm. And then there's extended family and even people I don't know that I help, right? And so I love companies because it's solving problems. I love building stuff. I love the camaraderie of like ideas with people. Um, but at the end of the day, the way I balance it all is just like I wake up just happy as a clam just because I'm above the ground another day, Yeah. right? And that's the way I look at it. And I, you know, I'll be on phone calls, meetings, and, you know, money and wealth now for me is just freedom, right? It, it was never about 
you know, mansions and yachts. And for those people that want that, great. It just was never for me. Mm -hmm. It's, um, it's time. Yes. Yeah, I'm the, the same way. I want my time. The most valuable thing yeah. is, is hanging out with people you like to hang out with, mm -hmm. right? And being able to help people that maybe need a helping hand. And just, I don't know, man. It's just like I feel like I live in a dream sometimes, mm -hmm. you know? And I'm just like, wow, how did I get here? So that's, you know, that's the... Yeah. If you weren't doing this, yeah. what would you be doing? So the joke is, I think I'd love to be a pilot. Okay. Right? I'd, I just, I love travel. I you know, love flying. As much as I travel, I still love it. You know, mm -hmm. um, some people hate it. Uh, and I just think, I don't know, like pilots even growing up, I was like, those guys look cool, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like, or girls, they look cool. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, I was like a pilot. Okay. Or, if I wasn't doing that... Well, I think that, you could do that, man. Yeah, well, I don't know. You know, yeah, maybe, maybe yeah, not. Yeah. But I think my next thing is just, uh, you know, it's really hanging around at orphanages feeding kids. Like, okay. That's my... That's okay. My, when I'm done with all this, that's going to wow. be my thing. Yeah. Why orphanages in particular? So, you know, even now, um, do a good amount of kind of charitable donations towards that. So the thing is, children and animals... They're the two uh, creatures, I guess, that are living on this planet outside of like adult humans that they can't care for themselves, right? So children, it's like you can't control the socioeconomic family or even the family that you're born into. And then animals, same thing, domesticated animals, right? It's just like they're not wild, so they rely on humans, like adults, to take care of them. And so when you, for me, when I see children that are going hungry or don't have a place to sleep, that's, I guess, goes back to the Sri Lanka roots, right? Because, you know, there's a lot of poverty there. And right here in L.A., I'm sure there's kids that right now are going to bed hungry. Absolutely. Right? And, and I think that's just really unfair because there's so much money and wealth in this world, man. And it's just like, and everyone has their own causes, right? But for me, I just think, you know, if, if you can avoid, you know, Animals and kids going hungry, we should do something about it. Mm -hmm. so that's what um, you've been in the cannabis industry five, six years, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. How has your personal relationship with cannabis evolved? You know, it's funny because people ask this. So I probably consume cannabis maybe once every few months. Mm -hmm. And the reason I don't do it publicly is I'm one of these people that I don't know what it is. I just laugh at everything. As soon as I consume cannabis, I'm that's already cool. a pretty happy person, but... You know, if you say hello to me and I've just taken a hit of cannabis, I'll be on the ground laughing, like no lie. So it's something... I'm jealous. That sounds awesome. <laughs> so it's something that I I try and keep it tapered to and something I just do when I'm at home, the backyard type of thing, just because it's, uh, it's a little embarrassing because, you know, I literally will laugh hysterically at everything. <laughs> For some, depending on, you know, the dosage and what I'm having, you know, it could be 30 minutes, it could be for like an hour, like... I'll come out of like the stomach ache because I've laughed so much. So <laughs> amazing! That's a great workout. Mm. That's a great ab workout. It is, and and to add to, add to that, um, you know, I came, I come from a very uh, conservative Catholic family, and my parents. I remember when I got into cannabis, they're like, "What is with you and vices? You were in tequila before, and now you're <laughs> in cannabis." And fortunately, the technology thing was something in the background. Uh, but even you know, it's it's great to see. Um, my parents at their age accepting it, right? And I think cannabis, as you know, you know, 10 years ago had such a, you know, stereotype to it, and even five, six years ago. And now I think more and more people are like, oh, this it's a natural plant, it's been around, and it has such great, you know, medical uses for it. I'm like, 
let's let's be done with this thing being a bad plant, right? Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. so like, so having been in the industry, I've seen firsthand like, you know, great stories about how it's impacted people in a positive way, whether it's you know, medical or even recreational, right? For some people, it really just eases their nerves. I'm like, that's great. You know, it, it's not like some opioid that's, you know, not natural. So I, I, think it, I think it's such a great thing, man. And so I'm just a big fan of the plant, you know? I think that's a good place to wrap up as any. Thanks so yeah. much for being on the show, man. Yeah. It was awesome. Thanks, How can man. the audience help you? Are you hiring for something or whatever you want to plug? Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, you know, we're good right now, man. I mean, I, I would just say, you know, people uh, you know, have a look at the company. You know, I'm not on social media much, but I'm on LinkedIn. They can, you know, certainly <laughs> reach out and, um, you know, just root for us, I guess, as we as we go along. Good stuff. Well, thanks again, man. It was great. Thanks, Brandon.